0: Welcome to the Locked On Steelers Podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter, bringing you your daily dose of all things on the Pittsburgh Steelers. It is Friday, July 9th, and today we've got a very special guest in former Steelers linebacker Arthur Motes. That's right, Arthur Motes is going to talk with us. I'm going to ask his opinion on T.J. Watt and his standing in the NFL and what he needs to do to continue to improve. We're going to touch on the Troy Polamalu and Ed Reed debate because that seems to have poked its head up again. And we'll talk about Minka Fitzpatrick's place in the NFL where free safeties and roaming safeties are an importance of the building of future defenses right here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, which you can download anywhere, but especially on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the app odyssey that's a-u-d-a-c-y odyssey remember you can always subscribe to us there and rate us five stars with a positive comment it really helps us out gets the word out about us and you get a shout out at the end of the show let's get into it so we couldn't do fantasy draft friday this week we had to do some rescheduling that will return i promise you that will return next week we'll bring the interns podcast but today we have a special guest a super special guest a former Steeler himself the one and only arthur Moats. Is on the Locked On Steelers podcast. <laughs> if you you know his work from Don't Cross the Moats on Steeler Nation Radio <laughs> with my boy, my boy West Steeler Arthur. It's so great to have you here, man. How you doing,
1: man? You know I'm super excited to be here. We've talked about linking up. We always get together, but we never get to work <laughs> together, man. So it's always good anytime I get a chance to hop on with you, man. So glad to be here.
0: I'm glad to be here too with you, Arthur. This is this is always exciting to have you here and. I want to touch on something. I talked to, I talked to Jenna Harner from channel 11 yesterday. If y'all, yeah. if y'all mm-hmm. missed that episode, go check it out. It's the Thursday episode this week, but we talked about the whole, you know, ESPN's composite rankings that he got from talking to players, staff, mm-hmm. coaches, all that of all the edge rushers in the NFL. And uh, as we talked about, then miles Garrett was number one, TJ was number two, and they had, you know, Khalil Mack and Joey Bosa and Nick Bosa and Vaughn Miller was in, all, all in that top mix. Arthur, First of all, I wanted to get a sense. Did you feel they got it right? putting Miles Garrett first um, and your thoughts behind that. And then kind of like, what do you think TJ Watt has to do to even improve his game from here?
1: No, man, these are really good questions. Um, When it comes to that article, I looked at it two ways. If they're going off of just the better athlete, then yes, they got it right. Because if you're talking just from an athlete only standpoint, not productivity, because it's a difference, right? When we talk about right. uh, a great athlete, a guy that looks good in his shirt and shorts that passed the eyeball test versus mm-hmm. the guy that is productive on a play-in, play-out basis. So if there was solely going on that, the just talent standpoint, then sure, Miles Garrett is the guy. He's a freak. I mean, he's the guy you want to be the first one walking off the bus. That's who he is. But when you talk about productivity, that's where I disagree with that list, because if we're looking over full body of work, if you're talking about the same guy that you praise for his athletic ability and God given talent, but you look at the lack of productivity compared to TJ's, then I feel like that's more of a, a knock. I mean, that's more of a, a boost up for TJ because he's doing it. Without, you know, being this six, seven freak of a phenom, right? He's a guy that has to work extra hard. I mean, the article even talked about TJ's a guy who works hard. He's very smart, relentless motor and all these other things. But at the end of the day, the thing that they left out was he's productive. He's productive every single season. Mm -hmm. He's not dealing with injuries. He hasn't had to deal with suspensions. I know that's things that people bring up with Miles Garrett. Well, Miles still put up numbers, even though he's missed this many games well, I want availability as well. I'm sorry. I want it all. When we're talking about superstar players, when we're talking about being the number one edge guy, I don't care about what you could have done. I want to see what you did do. I want to see how available you have been into this stage in both of their careers. TJ has been the more productive player. He's been the more available player. And not that it really matters, but if we're going to add you know, the cherry on top, TJ hasn't had any off-field issues. None. Any. None. Whereas we know with Miles, regardless of if he's been right or wrong in these scenarios, he's been linked to multiple situations now that have talked about something other than his play.
0: And see, that's the thing is that now, on top of the obvious one with mm-hmm. Mason Rudolph and how that played out, you got you got a situation, and, and you're right. When you look, when that man took takes his shirt off, you're like, yeah, hey, dang, like what? what like, I, like, I, I, I gotta get back crazy. to the gym. Right. <laughs> like like yeah. uh, it, it's insane. And so, and you see, I mean when he was drafted first overall, you mm-hmm. you you just looked at him like, well, that he looks crazy. the part. Right. Okay. He, he, he looks, looks the like part a monster. But but TJ's a guy. And I and here's the crazy thing. And to your point, these guys were drafted in the same round mm-hmm. of the same draft. Miles mm-hmm. Garrett first overall. I think TJ was 30th that year. Yeah. TJ Watt has had more sacks in every single season they played, whether like you said, whether that's because of injury, whether that's because of suspensions, it don't matter. The best ability is availability. Mm -hmm. And TJ's had that. I want to get your thoughts on this. This is something and I know this is bringing up something that's two years old now. It's all when, good. Let's do it. When the Miles Garrett thing with Mason Rudolph you know happened, when he hit yeah. him over the head and he said he called me a, a racial slur and all Correct. those and all that things picked up to this day, I have not called him a liar for that because mm-hmm. we still haven't seen the evidence for that. Correct. Um, we, you know, we, you know, the, the NFL said there was no audio to confirm or deny his claim. I have said that he didn't handle it the right way because he didn't tell his teammates and, and he yeah. didn't handle. what when you know, as a black athlete, when you when mm-hmm. you hear that because as a, we're both black men we deal with yeah. racism you know in a lot of different and a lot of I, it, absolutely. it's yeah. just it's the way of the world correct what, unfortunately was, but it is yeah what what was your response like like man like what if you were in that situation and have you ever been yeah. in that situation how would you mm-hmm. have responded even that way
1: so I have been in that situation. I actually had a shared it on another show I was doing during that time frame, where it was during the game. And I definitely had a player call me that along with I've had fans say it as well. Mm. But for me, as frustrating as it was, I also understood that number one, what am I going to accomplish if I go into a stand and I beat this guy up? Because at the end of the day, all the other people that, you know, may have a preconceived notion about black athletes and things like that, that's just gonna further validate what they feel right. if I act like that, if I respond like that. So even though you shouldn't have to take the high road in these type of scenarios, it's one of those things where you just have to pick your battles and understand that, man, is it worth it long-term? Is this Is this right here gonna be worth it for me you know when i'm trying to do this and this and this because we know as much even though it's unfair we know that that goes along with it so that was the biggest reason why in both of those scenarios i didn't react out of character whereas when i saw miles garrett i'm like not I, and, and that scenario was crazy because i was actually in attendance there it literally happened right in front of where i was sitting at which was crazy man but even even though miles got the bad rap we, outside of pittsburgh if you watch the tape it was like miles wasn't the instigator miles wasn't the guy that was initiating the 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 whole scuffle so for me i'm like if i were to have been called something potentially right or allegedly Mm -hmm. and a person is being aggressive towards me my actions might have been different as well but it was never the company it was never the combination of both of those like that Mm -hmm. and like you said we don't know 100 if he said it or didn't i do find it funny that out of all the money that the NFL has in this billion dollar they business, couldn't,
0: they couldn't out of find all none. the yeah. odds,
1: all the people that are mic'd up, all the sound that they're constantly able to acquire, that right there, they couldn't get any sound on. Very
0: odd. Very odd. <laughs> Very <laughs> odd. <laughs> Very <laughs> odd. <laughs> all right right
1: we're not saying that you're not not telling the truth we just saying that it looks a
0: little suspicious that's all just just (laughs) just a little funny but but i i wanted to get your thoughts on that because i because i never got a chance to ask you about that but but finally bring it bring bringing it back to this discussion what does tj have to do to to continue to get better because to me when i look at him this dude he's he's learned he's learned he's he's brought Mm -hmm. several different pass rush moves i remember his first training camp 2017 i remember being there and it was, and he was going up against Xavier Grimble in the Friday night lights mm-hmm. practice and he couldn't get around him and he was getting frustrated. Mm-hmm. He almost fought him. And, and James Harrison pulled him aside and said, nine Oh, come mm-hmm. here. And he just, he, he, I couldn't hear what he said, but it looked like he was showing him the rip move. The next yeah. pass rush rep, he had a pass rush move in his first year. Mm-hmm. He started off hot, cooled off yeah. a little bit, but that second year. And, and ever since he has had a repertoire of yeah. pass rush moves from different directions and that's improved. But, from an edge rusher, from your yeah. standpoint, you study this game. You know this game. You're a mm-hmm. professional. What does he have to do to even take his game further? Because he's already yeah. one of the best players in the league.
1: Well, that's the fun part. When you're talking about TJ, I mean, this dude is so productive. And, I mean, it was I was fortunate. You talked about that first year for him. I remember being there and, and yeah. witnessing that. And we would always speak on just how he could take coaching So quickly and apply it. And it didn't matter where it was coming from. If he valued your opinion, whether it was me, whether it was Debo, whether it was uh, Joey Porter, or if it was Coach Simon, if any of us got into his ear at that time and said something, you could just see him just soaking it all in. And we always thought that was special about him. When you think about his family, when you think about his draft position and things like that, that's a rare thing. A lot of rookies that come in as first rounders. They feel like they have it all. They feel like they know it all and stuff like that. So that was very cool to see from him. But in terms of what I think he could do to improve, number one is just continuing his consistency. Early on in his career, we would talk about TJ. He would have games where he would get three sacks and then he would go three weeks without getting another sack. Yeah. And then he would have another game of three sacks. Mm -hmm. And then that really disappeared last year. Last year was the first year we really saw him. On a game in and game out basis, put it together like that. Another guy was to it. We saw to it mm. finally put it together too. For me, improved TJ Watt is giving me that from last year, but even more consistently, right? Instead of it just being one impact sack the game, why not get two impact sacks a game? Why not? Because you're capable of that and not just an early, you know, oh, he got a first quarter sack on second down. No, no, I'm talking possession downs. I'm talking. Mm-hmm down plays that are going to get you off the field that's the thing that i'm looking for from him a lot more because he obviously is a very impactful player we know he's accounted for a ton of turnovers forced incompletions and things like that but i just feel like he can still do that at a higher clip because he
0: is more than capable that that's where i think that is now talking about impact plays and impact players I think that's going to weigh heavily into our next conversation because mm-hmm. there was a certain player in Steelers yeah. history that is back into debates. This debate happens every year. It's every Polomalu, single right, year. E- every year, at some point, it's July. We don't have nothing to talk about. Who's better, Malu yeah. Every it's yeah. all over Twitter again. I want to get Arthur's thoughts on that. We're going to get to that, but first, we got to we got to talk to our friends over here and our good sponsors at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline.ag, the only place that we trust here in the Locked On Podcast Network to place bets on. Even though football season's over, there's a ton of different ways to make money by gambling on sports right now. If you go to BetOnline.ag today and sign up for your free account, you'll get a 50% bonus to your first deposit simply by entering the promo code LOCKEDON. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters and all one word. And that will get you your 50% bonus on your first deposit. Right now, sure, the NFL is done. But you can put money down on where certain free agents might be going in the NFL. You can also bet on college basketball, the NBA, and the NHL. All different ways to get off the sidelines and get in on the action. BetOnline.ag. Remember Use that promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, all capital letters, all one words, to get a 50% bonus on your first deposit. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host Chris Carter, here with the one and only Arthur Motes, former Steeler and current content creator all across plays, and also a host on, on Steeler Nation Radio. All the you, you got a lot of hats, Arthur. I got <laughs> to make sure I name this one, and this one, and this one, but I'll, I'll make sure that we, we, we get out here to do a lot of great work. Um, but Arthur, you brought up how T.J. Watt, one thing that he can improve is be productive in the big moments, to have the impact mm-hmm. plays. If there yeah. was one person in Steelers history defensively in recent yeah. Steelers history defensively that was doing that, it was Troy Polamalu. He wouldn't mm-hmm. get all the numbers, but in, uh, in in late in the when if they were playing you the way have late it moments, in the season, yeah, he just that's mm-hmm. what he did. The, the sack, fumble on Joe Flacco, jumping over the pile yeah. and stopping people on fourth and inches when he had not, When he, he would just stop a quarterback sneak, enter pick sixes, mm-hmm. in, in to send the team to the Super Bowl. It's just what he yeah. did he found ways to, and he would, he didn't have the overall numbers but he did have the important moments his, which mm-hmm. is why he's the first ballot hall of famer that will be inducted this summer um but it, it went around someone did one of the tweet videos where they cut up him and ed reed and they said who's better just to get things started on social media and of course it explodes with steelers fans.
1: always it always and, does right Raven,
0: ravens fans they're going at each other yeah. And I have to admit, you know, I grew up in Pittsburgh. I, you know, I was in yeah. high school when Troy Pulamalu was doing his thing. I was in college, and I, you know, when I was like, of course, Troy's better. What are you talking about? Like, you know, I was, I was, you know, I was in was Pittsburgh. I didn't do that. But yeah. when, 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 when you know, I started to get older and I studied the game, I was like, listen, these are two different positions, and they yeah. did two different things. And
1: it's the equivalent of if you said, who's the better player between TJ Watt and Cam Hayward? Right. You're like, bro, like two different two different, completely different animals right here. Their responsibilities are night and day. Both great players in their own right. But it's just funny because you hear the term safety. And this is for us. It's funny. I'm glad that you brought this up, because as football players, we would always love when this conversation got brought up, because we could identify the people who really knew football versus the people who just talk out the side of their head for the sake of it, because when they would get to comparing oh, look at Ed intercept. Look at this. And I'm just like, mm-hmm. you don't realize the difference in these positions, do you? You right. don't realize what they're asking this guy to do versus what they're asking this guy to do. <clears throat> and those are the things that we would always enjoy because if you're a football person, if you study the game, you can see that they are the best at what they did, but they aren't similar in terms of just because they play safety inside linebacker and outside linebacker. They both got linebacker in the term, but they're both drastically different. Right. And that's what you get with those guys. But could they both be dominant? Absolutely. And they showed that. But they showed how different they were. But for me, man, I'm always biased to Troy because that was my teammate. So even though growing up, I love watching Baltimore because I was a Ray Lewis fan. Mm-hmm. That's why I wore 52. But for me, we all respected what my man Troy could do. Like, mm-hmm. Troy was a, a monster. And for me, being able to share a locker room with him for a year and just see that and to, to pick his brain and understand how he watches film, understand how smart he is and ultimately that was why he was able to do some of these things when you talk about a safety who should be a curl flat defender on the backside, right meaning 10 to 12 yards out by the numbers right Mm -hmm. he's supposed to be over there but he's running through an a gap because he knows that the blocking scheme can't account for him that's advanced that's great and then that doesn't even count for you actually taking the chance of trusting your instincts and then making the play like, it's a ton that goes into that. Like, I tell people, it's been plenty of times where I had keys and tips, percentages. Oh, 80% chance they're going to do this. You think I lined up in A-gap and did it, though? No, because I was right. still nervous. I didn't believe it. Right. Troy, Troy's like, I'm going to do this. And then not just do it, actually make the play. That, to me, is just crazy. Whereas with Ed, I mean, I love Ed's game. And Ed is another crazy smart guy. But I felt like with Ed, man, athletically, he could do certain things that, I don't. I didn't feel like necessarily it took as much study. It was more so he's he's fast enough he can get over there. Kind of like when you watch Earl Thomas. Right. Earl Thomas is like yo, he doesn't have to know all these route combos. But when you're trying to throw this deep, you know this deep uh, out mm-hmm. or this this mm-hmm. bomb down to the center field, he's a great enough athlete. He can get there and make that play and cause a splash play. That's what Ed did. That's what Ed did so great. And that's why everybody loved him. It was so exciting to watch. But when you think of just from a football knowledge standpoint, what Trey was doing, to me, that was crazy, crazy, crazy.
0: <laughs> it, it, it's That's the thing that, that always got to me was that Troy, and and part of that, I think, is why he made so many of those splash plays in Seriously, huge moments. Yes. Because he knew – I'm here. Like, like yes. on that third down where he, he forced a sack fumble on Joe Flacco and Woodley recovered it. in a late, he, he regular knew season the blocking
1: game. scheme couldn't block him. They right.
0: couldn't count for him. Right. I mean, it's and, crazy. And the, the, the legendary Pat McAfee story that he always tells about Troy Polamalu, <laughs> how they had yeah. a big set up and Troy was right in that gap at the right time. And he's like, this guy, how does, how does this guy yes. know that's what we're trying yes. to do? But that's, that's who Troy was now. I, Troy, I, man. I, Ed obviously was a studious player as well. He, oh, he no played, question. He, he no played question. center field. I mean, looking at their production, now, uh, Ed played 174 games versus Polamalu's 158, mm-hmm. uh, Polamalu had like 50 ish more tackles, um, yeah. Or oh, no, 50 more solo tackles, about like you know, close to 90 or close to yeah, mm-hmm. close to 90 more total tackles, assisted tackles. Um, you know, but you know, you look at the tackles for loss, Troy had him in that, and the sacks right. him in that, but where Ed had he, Ed doubled him in interceptions, 60 interceptions, starters, yeah, two, and, and that. But mm-hmm. again, like you said, Troy's a different role, and this is why, yeah. Steelers fans, whenever you get into these conversations. Come into it with some nuance. Don't come into it being the yes. fanboy that's just, just swinging your hammer of stealerdom and, saying, And, and, and
1: just it's always better. Talking numbers. Just talking numbers. Like, Because right. you have to have context with those numbers.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Otherwise, it doesn't help you out.
0: Right. And, and Mark Schlereth <laughs> used to say this. He's like, if you if you look at Darren Sharper's versus Ronnie Lott's numbers, you'd think that Darren Sharper was a better safety than Ronnie Lott. Correct. You'd be out of your mind, if you said that based off those, no seven. question. But mm-hmm. when you understand, you need to come in and say, look, Troy roamed the line of scrimmage Troy was yeah. from the outside he, he was he, a
1: bot he played more in the box
0: Yeah, he played a ton more in the box it is a lot mm-hmm. harder to get interceptions when you're in those oh, spots way harder yeah Ed Reed and part of this was how the defense was built around him Ray right. Lewis had underneath they had the pass mm-hmm. rush they had a defensive line they had good go- all they needed Ed just play center field and occasionally mm-hmm. bump out of the way and then you could get that you could program yeah. your defense to get him picks Troy was just used as a complete expert factor where he can literally yeah. be anywhere those are two yeah. different roles and mm-hmm. that's that's why when you whenever there's comparisons about these two you can compare and contrast their styles but to say one is greater yeah. than the other like you said it, it's like right. it's comparing two completely different styles of play Th-
1: this is a legitimate apples to oranges conversation i think when we're talking about those guys I always end it with is personal preference if you're a guy that loves interceptions, you're going to go, Ed hey, Reed. if you're a guy that loves the, the splash plays around the line of scrimmage and just the craziness of seeing a safety align and do wacky things, then you're going to love Troy. Yeah. But I don't think you're wrong with either guy. Right. But that's just, I mean, the, these two guys are polarizing because they happen to play on, you know, opposite teams in a rivalry as well, man. And, and they got to literally, we, we saw these impactful plays back and forth, back and forth. But we're all biased, so at the end of the day, I'm still going Troy. <laughs> <laughs> By the end of the day, this is still the Locked I'm, On Steelers podcast. I'm My still, God, we will pick Troy Polamari. Me, me, me and Troy <laughs> shared the locker room. That's all I'm saying. I, I never shared a locker room
0: with Aaron Reed. So that, yeah, that, I'm
1: always gonna ride with my dog, man. That, that,
0: that's yeah. that, that, that that's that's true loyalty right there. Absolutely. Um but <laughs> I, I wanted to roll this into another discussion. We'll continue in the next sure. segment about the Steelers' current all pro safety. That's make Fitzpatrick and, and all the things that he's that he's been doing. We'll get to that in a minute, but first we gotta talk to our friends at Bill Bar. You need a snack that's gonna both help you get through the rest of your day. But also, be good for you. That's where Built Bar comes in. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. They have 18 amazing flavors, including six of their newest ones, being Caramel Brownie, Cookies and Cream, Cherry barcia, Lemon Almond Cheesecake, Carrot Cake, and Apple Almond Crisps. There's so much to enjoy. And also... Here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm your host Chris Carter. Here with Arthur Most, former Steeler, current content creator and host at Steel Nation Radio. Arthur, we talking about safeties now. It's funny because if you had talked to most Steelers fans back in the 2010, the early 2010s, the late 2000s, <laughs> they say strong safety all day. But now Minka Fitzpatrick <laughs> is basically doing the stuff that Ed Reed did. Just and now they love it before. and now it's, <laughs> and now oh, it's, it's the best it. thing ever they love it they love it it's it's and, and i don't blame i don't blame stewart's fans for feeling that way that's why you're a fan you're a fanatic you're allowed sure, right. to feel that way <laughs> but for us people who evaluate the game people who, who who review and say this is what happened or this is what could be yeah. done better or which was done worse we look at the value of different positions in the game there are some out there that feel like the roaming free safety position to play center field and to do the things that Minka is doing is the most important part of a defense. Mm -hmm. Now, I'm not sure if if that versus an edge rusher versus, you know, a lockdown corner corner, or a linebacker that can stop the run and cover the middle of the field. You know, that, that, that's a, that's a debate too, but just for Minka, what he does is that, the key to having def- great defenses now is making sure do, does, does every great defense need that roaming center field guy in today's NFL.
1: I mean, I feel like you definitely want that guy, right? Because we know how pass heavy this league has become. We know that the athletes on offense, they're not getting any slower. They're not getting any less athletic. I don't know if you heard of the guy Kyle Pitts, Mm -hmm. but yeah, he's a freak and they call him a tight end. Make that make sense. Right. (laughs) Right. But (laughs) But you definitely need guys like Mika out there. And the thing that, And I'm always torn because it's the chicken versus the egg conversation, right? I do feel like pass rush is just as important because Troy can't make the plays that he makes if you don't have your Joey Porters, your James Harrison's, your Lamar Woodley's up there creating havoc. Ed Reed can't do that if he doesn't have Terrell Suggs up there. We talk about Minka. Minka is flourishing when he has TJ and Bud being able to create that havoc as well. So I always feel like you need that, but the edge rushers, we can't do it without those guys either. But with Minka, man, he's just such a special player because not only can he be a dynamic, you know, in terms of ball hawking safety, but you also just look at how his ability is to create turnovers. And we saw that really in his first season, not just from an interception standpoint, but the forced fumbles as well. This is a guy that understands how to attack the ball. And that's the part to me that I feel like is the X factor. That's what makes him so special. And that's ultimately how this defense continues to thrive off of him, man.
0: Yeah, that that's the thing is that mm-hmm. when you and here's the other thing about this is that when you Minka Fitzpatrick, he ain't targeted a whole lot. No, no, he's people, not. people oh, are no. avoiding him. But when oh, yeah. they're avoiding him. That's giving the Joe Haydens, mm-hmm. the Cameron Suttons, the, mm-hmm. the Devin Bushes, they're that the um, you know, whoever's gonna play slot corner this year. We'll see, we'll, yeah. we'll see how that plays out. But that's gonna give all these different guys more opportunities in tighter stations that you can be more aggressive. Cause guess yeah. what? You got that guy behind him. Like, you. you know, Joe mm-hmm. Hayden talked about in, in the first year Minka was there. It was the the pick six that Minka had in the Colts game. Uh-huh. Um, when he took Jacoby percent like a hundred yards back. Yeah. Joe Hayden talked about, and I asked him about that. He, he's like, you know, when I jumped to tip that ball and I missed it, I thought I gave up a touchdown. And then I heard the the roar mm. of the crowd, and I looked up and I just saw a three nine sprinting down the field. And he was like, I and he said, I just raised my hand in the air. And I just knew he was going to score. And to have that yeah. security is awesome. That's yeah. something that these guys can bank yes. on. And now it's like, hey, whereas before Joe Hayden, if you know, and no offense to Mike Mitchell, because he, he he was a good but no, too. it's the
1: truth though. But you
0: you can't be as aggressive when you don't have the elite safety behind you. But when when you're like, you know what? Minka's got my back. I'm going to go after this ball. And and, and I I might get a Mm -hmm. pick. I might get my hand on it. Whereas before, I might have been more conservative and try to say, hey, let's just play it safe here and just try to see if we can make the maybe make the drop, make sure we make the tackle. But now that's a different level of game there.
1: No, for a fact, man. Guys like Minka is what you call whiteouts, right? Meaning, if <laughs> anything goes wrong, he just whites out that mistake, nope, man. Yeah, nope. man, we're not worried. Oh, you got beat on cards? Don't worry about it. We got this guy back here. He'll make it all right. And that makes you play so much looser. I mean, it's a fun thing. I'd never had a chance, obviously, because I had Troy on the back end, and then from there we transitioned. So we never got the chance to play with the Minka's type safety, right? Right, where you can be ultra aggressive. It was a little bit of the other approach of. You gotta be a little bit more cautious here because you know it's probably not as up to par as we would have liked it to be. Mm-hmm. But with Minka, man, that's a special gift. Not everybody has that gift, and like you said, Mike Mitchell's a good player, but it's a difference when you talk about what Minka is able to do. He's that one percent of the one percenters, right? The right. guy that man it's just he has that that gift from God that just makes him be able to go faster, has these great hands, can see these plays and his reaction time. Man, I just love. How when he sees something, he can go and get it like he yeah. believes his eyes and, and his angles. Like, that's another thing that he gets uh, it, it gets overlooked because of safeties. We always want to talk interceptions, but I always enjoy watching his angles and run support as well. Mm. Now, we know he can be more. He, he could be a little bit more fundamental on a per play basis from a tackling standpoint. But you look at the angles he takes. He's never out of position when he's coming in for run support, and that's huge. So even if he's missing the tackle, what that angle does, though, is a lot other guys around to be a factor. So if he misses it, everybody else can come in here and jump on as well to finish that. That's the angle part. If your angle is wrong in that safety, you only get one chance to get that angle right. We always tell you the way you coach the safety position, you have to get the angle right with your eyes first. And then you run and use your feet to go there. A lot of young safeties, especially guys like Minka, right, who are faster, they typically like to run there first and then try to adjust on their eyes later on. And they usually have bad angles. And that is the difference between a five-yard run versus a 25-yard run. But Minka, that's another part of his game where it's just like, man, this is a complete player right here, man. You'd love to see it.
0: And, and yeah you're right you want you you love to see those things yeah. and you want to and like when you see him helping in all those different ways again mm-hmm. it sets a tone for the defense to like man absolutely like he, man. he understands the, game, the way he studies the game now everyone else on defense is like man that's that's him okay mm-hmm. so i gotta get on his level phone i want to be on be on the yeah. team it sets a tone and for him to be so young i think he's only 24 that's years crazy. old like crazy he, they, they got this, they, they can if they lock him up which i think they will they yeah. will have him for at least another eight years, playing, I think at, at this kind of level, yes, and that's, easily, that's a lot, and that's pairing him with TJ Watt, potentially mm-hmm. with Devin Bush, and you know, and mm-hmm. they get to re- keep reinforcing this defense as they go into this new era. Whenever Ben Roethlisberger retires, and, and, and they look for for yeah. how they're going to build this team out, but he's a key part of that. And to me, Arthur, I do think that 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 free safety position, what he's going to be doing, that's yeah. going to be such a pillar piece to what Absolutely, the Steelers man. are going to become.
1: Absolutely. It is, man. And the thing that I also feel like is this, man, with him and his ability to be that whiteout, that ball hawking safety like that. I also think that's going to help Edmonds out as well. When you have Edmonds knowing that, hey, even though I might not be the best in coverage, we know that he's improved on it, but he still is working in that in that area. It's easier to do it when you know you got that safety net behind you. When you know you have Minka, man, you just feel like, all right, instead of me just going for the secure tackle, why not jump this route? Why not try to undercut this draw? You can do those things when you have Mink. And we saw him do it a little bit more last year, but that's the other element of Mika, uh, Mika Fitzpatrick. He's going to be able to elevate the play of those guys in the secondary with him.
0: Right. And I agree with that. Now, quick, yeah. quick, quick quick question before we get out of here, uh-huh. we, we, got, we got to wrap it up. Do you see Terrell Edmonds as a long term Steeler? Do you think they're going to be able to keep him on the roster after this season?
1: I do. And the reason is because I don't think his market is going to be as robust as maybe he thinks or as some people might feel like. I I think that the them not picking up the fifth year option was more so them just saying from a business standpoint that they probably can get him on a two to three year deal at a cheaper, a cheaper per year average than if you were to pick up his fifth year option as a first round draft pick. That's how I looked at that. And I think that Coach Tomlin even shares that sentiment when you hear the reports that he actually called. Edmonds to let him know that we're not picking up the option, but we still want to keep you. We still, you know, you're very much in our plans. He didn't do that with Jarvis. He didn't do that with already Burns. We can go down the list of other guys that fifth year option was denied that he didn't call them up to tell them these things. But with Terrell, he did because Terrell, even though he's not a all pro or a pro bowl player, he's still a good player. And you need good players to win in this league. And good players typically don't break the bank. And I don't think Evans is going to break the bank. So I think that he will be able to be here for a little while longer.
0: Uh, That's going to be a very interesting point. I think yeah. it's going to be a talking point all this season and oh, rolling into the offseason. Because absolutely. I, I, you, you see his steady progress and their yes. chemistry. It's building. Mm-hmm. He's, a, he's a great athlete. You know, he, he may not yes. be a great safety yet, but he is a great athlete. Mm-hmm. I mean, the way he changes direction, yeah. the way he hits. I like the way he built. Mm-hmm. Arthur, thank you so much for being here oh, Locked man, on Locked On Steelers Podcast. Man. This has been so fun. It's been great. We're gonna definitely have you back a lot more. As, hey man, as we I need to, to man. the season. Um, let people know where they can find you, follow you, and get yeah. more of your work.
1: Absolutely, man. So for any of my media content, I'm talking my shows, my film breakdowns, interviews that I do, just check out my YouTube page, just type in Arthur Motes, just A-R-T-H-U-R-M-O-A-T-S. All of my media content is there. And then also I have my book, The Motes Theory of Life, where I, I, you know, it's my guide to becoming a person of impact and inspiration. And that's available at motestheory.com. So just Motes, my last name, and then theory.com. And that's available there as well, man.
0: All right, check all that great out. Thank you so much, Arthur, for being yeah. the Locked On Steelers podcast. You can find me, Chris Carter, the host of the Locked On Steelers podcast, on Twitter and Instagram, at Carter Critiques. Um, you can check out all my stuff there. You can also read my work at DKPittsburghSports.com, where I'm breaking down film and doing all doing a lot of work there. Um, and you can only subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and the app Odyssey. That's A-U-D-A-C-Y, Odyssey. And remember, when you're listening to the Locked On Steelers podcast, if you want to help us out, rate us five stars give us a positive comment it really helps us out and we give you a shout out at the end of the show thanks so much for listening to the blocked on steelers podcast be back in the ears monday with more on your pittsburgh steelers